Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Multifamily Investing Made Simple. This is the podcast where we take the complexity out of real estate investing so that you can take action today. And I'm your host, Anthony Vecino of Invictus Capital, joined once more, as usual, on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays, on Fridays and Saturdays, the one, sometimes the only, Dan, oops, silently, Dan, you can't wait for his intro, Kruger. <laughs> okay, you can go now. I'm so excited. I was just going to say, it's a very common name, actually. There's a lot of Dan Krugers out there, if you Google me. Yeah, but if you go to Instagram, he is the Dank Ruger. Go go follow, go like. Um, for <laughs> action. <laughs> you have a really unfortunate Dan into Kruger. Dank. It's not unfortunate. No, that's unfortunate. That's a terrible, terrible word. Dank. I leaned into it for a good five, ten years when I was a kid. Is that on brand now? Is not now. Dan? It used to be, though. Dink Dan. Dink Danny. I'm sorry, what? Dink Danny. Dink, 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 dink. You like dink? Like that. It's like um, uh, Snatch. You ever see the movie Snatch? Yeah. This is a fantastic yeah. movie. Like dags? You like dags? <laughs> you like dags? I mean dogs. Yes, I like dogs. Dicks. Great movie. One of Brad Pitt's <laughs> premiere performances, if yeah. ever there was one. Oh, by the way, um, I went to see Brad Pitt's newest movie, Bullet Train, a couple weeks ago, and I had mentioned it, I think, before, but. Fantastic. I just want to put it out there for the listeners at home who are looking for a movie. Um, this is why you tune in to a multifamily investing podcast is to get our movie recommendations. So specifically the Brad Pitt movie recommendations. And that's is that streaming or full it? disclosure, the only movies I watch. Well, why would you watch anything else? Brad I mean he's the pinnacle of like the male form, so I'm gonna take it, you know. Um it's no, it was in movie theaters. And the thing I love about movie theaters these days is that they're all comfy chairs and they recline and they bring food to you. They we bring used food to, to be you. really, yeah, they bring food to you. It's fantastic. I, I haven't been to a theater. You remember the old school theaters where like the bucket seat that comes like down, and when you yeah. stand back up, it go boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how we survived as children, but here we are. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's get to the topic of today's episode, which is. Um, and this is a short episode, so we've already blown like three minutes of it. So we got to be quick on this one. Um, but this is this is the best way to find off market deals. Mm. And I thought, okay, you didn't know what this podcast episode was about until just thirteen seconds ago when I said those words. So I'm going to ask you, what's your best way that you have in your brain to find off market deals? And I'm going to share mine. So go. What do you got? Uh, should we answer this from the perspective of somebody who just starting? Out. Just started? Yeah, yeah. If I was just starting out trying to find off-market deals, I would honestly try to contact uh, owners directly. You could find the data. doors or pull lists. And yeah, he could yeah. do that. I mean, I think it works better on smaller properties when you get to, to larger properties. I'm assuming mm -hmm. if you're new, you're not going after like a 100-unit apartment building. But if you're looking at something that's like 5 to 10 units or something, 
Um, you could reach out directly. You can find that information, even if it's just the LLC that owns it. And um, I, I've never been drawn to like the the mail campaigns necessarily, yeah. where you're sending letters. It's but, a pure numbers game. You got to do. Yeah. You have to do massive volume for that to turn. I think. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually I'm actually going to change my answer though. Oh wow! Look yeah. at this. <laughs> I didn't. I never know what's happening as he's going to show up here. It's uh, I'm going to change my answer. Um, I'm going to say I would join uh, the local groups uh, specifically for uh, real estate, like the, the, the class you're looking at. So if you're looking at like apartment buildings, as opposed to single family homes, you know, find those kind of local meetup groups Mm. and try to try to network your in your way into finding owners who might be interested in selling as opposed to just the cold email or phone call or whatever. Yeah, I think in the multifamily space, the the cold outreach, cold emails, cold letters, cold calls, I think it's really hard. It's really, really hard. It's a big numbers game, especially if you're trying to get things that are like, I'd say over 60 units. Like, I don't think those owners just ever respond to that information. And it's very hard to get off market. But mm-hmm. the, the thing I want to say here is that the name of this episode is the best way to find off market deals. And my my point here is that you don't find off-market deals, you make off-market deals because it's all about timing and it's all about the question of um, finding the right person who's in the right mood at that right instant. And a lot of the deals that we've done off-market weren't necessarily, um, I think, a um, like a premeditated attack where it's like, oh, we're going to go get that thing off-market. It was more of just a co- casual conversation with a person who happened to own a bunch of properties and letting them know what we're looking for. And then it's like, hey, that thing that you have over here, do you want to sell it? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And that's how you like you make the off-market deals. So to your point, that only happens if you network, you have those relationships. And one of the best ways that I found for meeting other, other owners uh, was like property tours, actually. Yeah. That's how we met um, two of the, the, the old school dudes that we know. And then on those tours, also, you sometimes have groups of people come in. And that mm-hmm. can be really cool if you like strike up a conversation. I actually had three off-market deals come to us at one point from a guy that I met while touring uh, a group tour of a property that we ended up buying. That one was on on market. This guy, he came to us with some off-market deals, but not all off-market deals are worth doing. <laughs> so we didn't do them. But that's that's the takeaway. It's like, you're not going to find them. You're going to make them. Yeah. And that's why I qualified and asked, like, is this, uh, is this someone who's brand new, who's never transacted or is this us now? Because truly the best way to find those off market deals is to have curated really strong relationships with sellers over years so that they just come to you. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like you mentioned, they, you don't find them. They, they, you know, you create them, but they're, they're a product of long-term relationships. So they become, I think, inevitable once yeah. you've been in the business for a long time. I think this de- is definitely more true for the people who are, who are operating in one specific area you're trying to cast a wide net and invest all over the country, it's probably going to be a little tougher. Different game. I will say this. If I was starting over and all I had was time, I didn't have relationships or anything like that. I I didn't even necessarily have good broker relationships at this point. I would just go try and pull a list of all the five to 10 unit complexes or whatever your buy range is, go find them all. And then I would hit them every day over and over and over. I would find ways to get in front of those owners. I would send mail. I would, I would call them. I would text them. I would show up on their doorstep on a Saturday um, because a lot of the times these mom and pop owners are the ones that are also out there doing the lawn care on a weekend. So if there's a snowstorm, they're out there shoveling. I would try and get in front of the seller as much as possible because when you're new, you have nothing but time and hustle on your side mm-hmm. and you have nothing to lose by kind of being annoying um, because so you piss off some people um, in the beginning, they're not going to remember who you were. So mm-hmm. go, go be aggressive and get in their face and 
Yeah. Um, say, sell me your building. <laughs> you know, Grandpa. Funny story. I don't know how far are we in. I'll try to make it quick. The funny story, the second building I got came from a uh, potential, I don't know, on Zillow, if you go to Zillow and you're looking at um, uh, all the things, you have all the filters off, there's a category on Zillow, uh, a type of result called, I think, like coming soon or like potential mm, pending. Pe- no, not pending. Huh? Pending's like under contract. Uh, this would be like, hey, this might be coming in the future. The second building I got, which was an eight unit, showed up on Zillow as a like coming soon or something like that. Um, so there's that stuff out there too, even on Zillow. Yeah, and that was yeah, an eight unit. Here's a, here's another way: is going to Craigslist and looking at like people that are renting, at, like they're looking for renters, right? Yeah. A lot of times you just go through the the search filters and you find the buildings that look a little bit older, the units that look a little bit rougher, and it's like, hey, that person just had somebody move out; they're losing money. Maybe they're the person to call right now and see if they want to sell it. And they're also probably the owner. Mm-hmm. So like you can call them up for a, a, a listing. Like I want to go lease this place. And then next thing you know, you're like, Hey, would you just want to sell me this building? Who knows? That could work. Good. It's yeah. a lot of time. It's the thing. Um, yep. So that's uh, the best way to find slash make an off market deal happen. I don't know if we came in under 10 minutes, but if we didn't, Hey, what are you complaining about? You got a great movie recommendation. Mm-hmm. You're, you're welcome. Um, now, you can pay us back by just going and just leaving a review. That's all you got to do. Um, or I'll tell you what, just, you know, just go to the next episode. That's fine, too. We'll see you then. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.